Hello, friends, and welcome to a Friday edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast, which is sexier than the sexiest thing you can possibly imagine. We've got a signing, we've got an exit, and we've got the game on Saturday, which is bigger than the biggest thing, again, that you can imagine. And when I think about sex, I think about Stuart Watson in the gym, lifting weights, shirt off, covered in oil. Stewie, how are you? Oh. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I don't know if you know. Lost it for words <laughs> after that intro. That escalated quickly. It did, didn't it? I didn't, I'm not sure where I was going with that. Anyway, uh, AJ, you've had a special haircut, a new haircut mm-hmm. for the occasion of Leeds United visit at the weekend. Yeah. How are you? Are you excited? Yeah, this is the, the haircut's third outing, I think, since we did our, our little Leeds boot room and, and the Brandon William piece. So I'm hoping that it will last a little bit longer than, than the other one, especially nicely done for a game like this one, yeah. Yeah, I love the fact you refer to it in the third person there, the haircut. Yeah. Um, that, as in the haircut it has a life of its own. the importance of the haircut, yeah. Maybe it should have its own Twitter account. Do we still call it Twitter? Is it X now? I've lost track. You can't. No one, no one calls it X. Exactly. You can't. You can't. How would. What happened? Because obviously you tweet, don't you? You don't X. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked, boys. Sexy, sexy stuff. Let's start with sexy stuff. Stop yes. saying that word. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, Ipswich Town, as expected, signed a fullback from Manchester United. Very sexy. 22 years old, can play either side, left and right. Very sexy, versatile. And his name is Brandon Williams, which is a good name. Um, me and AJ did a a little uh, video, a kind of snap reaction, which you can you can see if you're a subscriber to the East Anglian Daily Times. Go and watch that. But the man I want to hear from, first of all, on this is, of course, the big dog, the doctor, Stuart Watson. Brandon Williams signs. What's your first thoughts, mate? Um, my first thoughts are, obviously, Ipswich are signing a player that's played a significant number of games in the Premier League, which shows mm. you where they're at now. I saw someone on... Twitter, I'm going to call it Twitter, pointed out that I think it was only four years ago that Ipswich was signing Stephen Ward at left back and now they're signing Brandon Williams and they've already got Leif Davis in the building. So that that's a marker of how far Ipswich have progressed in recent times. And then your second thought quite immediately is where does he fit when you start to sort of read mm. into him the fact that he's played most of his senior football at left back He's on the record as stating that's his favourite position. Uh, so you're scratching your head a little bit as to, to where he fits in. Um, do you want me to jump straight straight to that? Go for it. Uh, my thoughts, he's not getting in ahead of Leif Davis. Nope. And there's no way Leif Davis is going anywhere at this this moment in time. So I would imagine this is with right back in mind, given, given Harry Clark is managing his training load with the Achilles at the moment. Um, Janoy Danassian came off with a groin strain last weekend. We'll find out how severe that is when we speak to Kieran McKenna a bit later on this afternoon. Um, so I imagine it's more with right back in mind. He is a right footer. Um, that would be my guess. And and he has played at youth team football uh, centre half as well. Mm. And then on the re- I think he's listed as being five foot seven, um, which people might go, well, that's not a centre half size, but. Um, I think he's been brought in to really provide a bit of cover across across all the positions in, in the back line. But primarily, I would have thought, looking at, at right back at this current time. Mm, he ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he? Obviously, McKenna knows him anyway from Man United. He's versatile, as you say there, so he can play multiple positions. Um, perhaps a bit of a surprise, though, when you kind of see that, as you say, his, his kind of main position is left back. Uh, clearly, he's a, he's a quality young player. 
but in terms of like priorities, you'd have thought that centre back would have been the highest priority at this point. Yeah, yeah. I still, for me, I'd still like to see another centre half come in. I know Wolfie and Cam Burgess have formed a really good partnership, are playing well. George Edmondson's just keep getting these little little setbacks. Hmm. Um, so you, there's a slight question mark o- over him. And then you're talking really about players playing out of position. I know Janoy Donassian can play there if need be. I know Harry Clark has played there at youth team football. Um, I know Dominic Ball has played a fair bit of football at centre-half. But um, I- I'd still like to see another centre-half come in personally. Um someone in that Richard Keogh mould, a sort of an experienced player that you know is not necessarily going to play a, a ton of games, but can be a help off the pitch and, and maybe can step in um, when required. But I, I don't necessarily think that that's the route Ips which will go down. As I, as I say, I think Williams has been signed for his versatility and um, maybe they'll look to use those kind of squad spots because they are restricted in terms of the numbers that they can they can register for the league maybe they'll look to use those a little bit higher up the pitch we'll wait and see hmm. all right and let's talk to the haircut aj we recorded a video actually before um williams was in the building um so it was the, it was the hottest of hot takes on on williams now now it's happened a couple of days uh, or a day at least anyway since he's actually officially signed um what are you thinking about it now? Because when we spoke about it, we basically just said what Stewie said there. He's not going to play at the left. Leif Davis is, is all over that position. So we speculated it must be the right side that he's been brought in. Um, is that still how you're thinking? Yeah, I think it has to be. Uh, as we can pretty fairly obviously see, he's not going to come in and replace Leif Davis because I think mm. Leif Davis, I think we'd all agree, has probably been top two or three players so far this season. And I'm pretty sure that dragged back to last season as well. He's just absolutely fantastic. And it would be ridiculous to have him come in for, to play in that left-back area. What he does do, obviously, is he does cover the left-back position. So if something does happen to Davis, then at least there is someone there who perhaps is more attuned to this level of football than Greg Lee was. Obviously, we'll, we'll get on to that one. Um and as well, being able to cover different positions is so important for McKenna in terms of the squad size, uh, only limited numbers that uh, Town can have. And having someone that can then you know, be a, a first choice right back or at least compete for the right back spot and then move over to the left when needs be, it just makes life so much easier when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to rotation as well, because... It's not going to be like necessarily that Davis can, can play all these games at left back because in the championship, you're not going to, you've got the international breaks. So the fixtures are so much more cramped. There's more Tuesday nights. It, it becomes a lot more rigorous. And especially in these kind of high level games, that's where I, I see that being such an important part where he can just come in and fit naturally. And it, it just maybe feels a bit more seamless as well. It's an easier transition. Yeah. Um, in terms of him as a person, AJ, you did a, you wrote a really good profile um, piece, which which is available obviously now online. If you want to go and read that to subscribers, um, it's fair to say he's an interesting character. He's um, mm. fiery by, by the sound of it. it. Obviously, has that Norwich loan, which I'm sure you probably want to talk about now. But um, he seems to he seems to be he's, yeah he seems to have a bit of a bit of spirit about him. Shall we say the yeah. lad? Yeah, I feel like he goes with the t-shirt and he enraged. Yeah, right <laughs> um, yeah, he's. Um, Definitely fiery was the word I was going to use. Yeah, he, he definitely has a bit about him. He's not a quiet, 
player. I think he describes himself as a very passionate player, someone who mm. he, he stressed in his interview. He always wants to give 100%. He wants to put the effort in. And he loves defending, which you don't always hear with fullbacks as well. Most fullbacks are almost wingbacks, really, where they love pushing forward. They love getting goals. They love getting assists. They love kind of being in the limelight a little bit more. But Williams is someone who says, I love being the guy who puts in the big tackle. I like the roar that you get from the crowd that gets everyone going when you slide in and you win the ball. It does definitely translate into his personality. Obviously, he has the boxing background with his cousin. Um, and it, it, it translates to a bit of how he is uh, as a person in terms of uh, his social media usage, for example, that's obviously kind of been put into the spotlight a little bit. Um, and the, the spiciness of that Norwich loan, the way that ended, which... Uh, for those of you who don't know, it is pretty much was him getting followed back home by some supporters and kind of heckled and, and threatened after a 4-0 defeat to West Ham. And he put on a, a few posts, including a middle finger and a, a photo of what looked like quite a scary guard dog. I feel like that would have Benson and Maisie quivering a little bit. Um, so, yeah, two different sides. So maybe something a little bit different than, than what Town have at the moment. Maybe that's also what you need for the championship a little bit, a little bit of bite that when things are, are harder and aren't going your way, and we've seen this with Sam Morsey, for example, that he fits so well into the championship because of his aggression, because he just wants to take the game to people and he can he can take the game by the scruff of the neck and turn things around. And when you have someone like Williams, who's so determined to fly in with a big tackle, get the crowd going, I think that's going to be really important. Mm, yeah, his cousin there is, is Zelfa Barrett, Commonwealth boxing champion, who he trains with, I believe, in the off-season. So already Brandon Williams, one of my favourite ever Ipswich Town players. Um, Stewie, talk a little bit about uh, the background at Norwich, because obviously normally if, if a player crosses that divide, there's a bit of, hmm, not so sure about this. But I think maybe with Williams and, and what happened at Norwich and that, that post where he essentially he, he posted on Instagram the old middle finger salute, didn't he? Tagged himself in Suffolk at the time and, and tagged in Norwich City. Um, I feel like that might already have given him a little bit of a a warm place in town fans' hearts before he's even kicked the ball. Yeah, it helps, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> when it's one season on on loan there and they got relegated that season, didn't they, from, mm. from the Premier League? I don't I don't think he's got any sort of huge, huge emotional connections to, to Norwich. Um, I'll be interested to see what he has to say about that because he seems like someone who doesn't, doesn't hold back on on the, you know, doesn't mince his words. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see how he how he deals with the kind of Norwich past now being a, an Ipswich player. But um, no, it doesn't doesn't bother me. And it seems like I saw there was a flag that Norwich fans had saying about um, you know sign him up or hope hope he mm. stays type type stuff. And it sounds like he was a, a bit of a you know a positive light in a in a difficult season for them by all accounts. So. Um, no, my main thing is, you know, forget the, the talking off the pitch, the Norwich background and all of that. He's a player that's got a little bit of Premier League pedigree. And um, mm. above all else, he's someone who's worked with Kieran McKenna. And uh, if Kieran McKenna thinks he's the right character and the right player, then that will do for me because he's um, he's, proved, he's proven himself to uh, know what he's doing thus far, hasn't he? So um, I'm sure Kieran's got a plan for him. Um, he's ticking all these boxes every time someone who's dynamic someone who's versatile mm. someone who's a good age the only downside here is Ipswich weren't able to negotiate a a buy clause in this 
Um, I know there was some confusion, various other outlets sort of saying there was a, a buy, buy clause in there for Ipswich. That was originally discussed, and I think an agreement kind of was was there. And then I think um, Manchester United had a bit of a change, change of heart on that one. I guess they're just going to see how this season pans out. Um, if he comes here and does does really well, they'll want to be in a good position where they can maybe negotiate for for some some extra money. Uh, he's in in the final year of his contract, but um, they do have that twelve month option as as most contracts do do have, which would be in the club's favour. So um, it's not impossible that Ipswich can sign him if he comes here, does well. Is that necessarily going to suddenly put him in the first team fold at, at Man United? Um, unlikely. Um, would Ipswich be in a position to afford a transfer fee if they really want him? Yes, probably. So, um, yes, it's not like, um, you know, in years gone by, I know everyone sort of rolls their eyes at loans and say, oh, it's hard to kind of connect with a loan player because you know they're only going to be here for a year. Under sort of the Marcus Evans era, you knew there were players that were too good for the club and it was enjoy them while you can because we've got no chance of signing them. Doesn't feel like it in this one. I know there's not the buy clause there, but there's, there's every chance if, if all things go well, Ipswich mm. could sign him. Mm. Okay, and you've done a piece this morning, Stu. There's a week left in the transfer window. It slams shut uh, a week today, Friday, September the 1st, 11pm. You've done a piece maybe looking at, at what um, else might happen in the, in the next seven days. So go and read that if you haven't now. We won't talk about it because obviously I want you to go and read it. And we can talk about it maybe next week in the build-up to deadline day. Um, so one in the door, Brandon Williams, very exciting uh, for all the various reasons we've talked about, mainly because of his boxing uh, passion for me. Um, <laughs> that also meant that one in, one out. Greg Lee, formerly of this parish now, heads out to, to Oxford United. And I can't, I can't lie to you, I'm a bit sad about this. Um, I was always a big fan of Greg Lee. Uh, and obviously, you know, he started last season playing that one-two punch. He'd, he'd come in as a closer, if you like, for Leif Davis. Then he had the injury with the, the broken leg. Then he returned. But he was always, whenever I saw him play, he was always tremendous, I thought, for town. He always gave his best. Um, and I just loved him as a character. So I just feel a bit sad about this, Stu. How about you? Yeah, you're not the only one. I think that seems to be the... the um general consensus from from Ipswich fans with Greg leaving. I'm not sure I've seen this sort of um, outpouring of emotion for a player leaving that ultimately only started three league games in a single season for Ipswich. Um, But yeah, you're right. He he started the season, like you say, being a vital role in the early stages while Leif Davis slightly jet-lagged after he'd just arrived off the plane from Australia pre-season with Leeds and took him... Took him a few games to to kind of get up to to speed. Someone who hadn't played a, a great deal of senior football, and and Greg Lee, his role sort of coming off the bench for retiring Leif Davis shouldn't be underestimated in those early stages. Um, and then when he came back from that leg fracture, um, <clears throat> played some some little vital roles along the way, some vital contributions. I think the mo- <clears throat> excuse me, the main one, most notable one, would have been at Derby. Um, where he kept Nathaniel Mendes-Lang really quiet in that 2-0 win towards the back end of the season. Um, the cup games against Burnley as well, uh, off the pitch as well, I think sort of added to Greg's uh, popularity. The, the piano playing left back is yeah. his uh, voice of an angel singing uh, during the promotion celebrations and various uh, TikTok videos and stuff like that. Uh, and just seemed to be a really a bit like Carl Edwards, a really smiley, happy guy that sort of interacted with with fans. I know there's there's posts from people who were mascots alongside Greg and 
uh, I'd met him at various signing sessions as, and stuff like that and just said what, mm. what a nice guy he was. So, um, yeah, always a shame when, when somebody like that leaves. But um, no room for sentiment in football. It's which trying to move on and move on at a pace. Um, and the reality is that they're trying to sort of um, upgrade in, in certain areas, not just in the first team, but um, just, just below it as well. So um, things move on. Greg, Greg Lee's gone and Brandon Williams is in. Mm, yeah, curse of Heath strikes again. Before the season, I did a piece listing players who could be stars in the championship. And obviously I listed all the obvious ones. I threw a couple of more left field ones in at the end just to get people talking. First one, Panucci Kamara, now on loan at Charlton. Second one, Greg Lee, now no longer in the club. Fantastic. Great work, Keith. Um, AJ, Greg Lee, I know you haven't probably seen a lot of him, um, but your thoughts on his exit? I suppose it was inevitable, wasn't it, when, when once Brandon Williams was in the building? Yeah, I think there's kind of a, a few players that fall into that category where it's the same with Carl Edwards, really, isn't it? Where they want to go and play regular football. It's what's yeah. going to be best for their careers. And that's not going to be the case at town. So I think it's a, a mutually beneficial deal because it allows him to go play at Oxford. Oxford, who I think will be towards the top end of League One this season after a pretty torrid time uh, last season. But under um, Liam Manning, that's the one, isn't it? Uh, you know, they play such an attractive brand of football. They have signed really well so far this summer. I think they'll definitely be towards the top of the division, if not kind of in that top two, top six hunt for sure. I think it's a really good move for him uh, on a personal level. I think he really suits with his kind of athletic style and Mm. the way that he likes to play. It it does benefit him. Um, And ultimately it allows Town to then go and, and bring someone else in who can then cover on that side, who comes in with a lot more kind of experience at a higher level, which will benefit the club. So I think it is a win-win. I think that it just, it helps Lee to to kickstart his career at another club that really, I think, are going to go places as well. And it means that Town just have a little bit of something different as well. When you look at kind of Williams' style with his aggression and his very kind of solid defending, I, I think that it, it's a different style and a different route for the club. Mm, yeah, I really hope Greg... Um finds a solid starting spot at Oxford and, and excels because uh, I, I just really like him as a player. I love watching him. Um, so fingers crossed for him going forward and best wishes from all of us, of course. He's got Honestly. a battle on his hands there as well because I think Kieran Brown is one of one of their better players. He started mm. the season quite well at, at left back. So he's um, mm. he's backed himself to, to go there and get in the team. I think you're right, Liam Manning and the style of play will, will suit him. Um, and we'll always have the Barnsley post Barnsley celebrations as well, and that whole subplot about the game getting yeah. called off because of his ghost call up for Jamaica, and then um, Ipswich kind of uh, they knew what they were doing, didn't they? Social media yeah. to and throwing wasn't there and stuff. So that was that was good fun, wasn't it? It was good fun. Uh, right then, something else is going to be good fun, tremendous fun, brilliant fun, the best fun, in fact, on a Saturday, the visit of Leeds United to Portman Road, boys. This is um, it's hard to overstate. How uh, how tantalising, how appetising, how compelling a game this is! Someone just fall on your computer there. Yeah, we got more. We got. Remember the wasp from last. Yeah, time? we have a fly this time that is oh, very okay. attracted to the light. So it's it's always fun here. There's always something. It's either the dog, or it's a wasp, or this time we have the the fly that is attracted to the camera lights that I have newly bought in. So. Yeah. Even the <laughs> even ending. the even the fly is excited about the visit mm-hmm. of Leeds United 
boys, um, I said to you, AJ, when you signed for us in the summer, it must have been with fixtures like this glinting in your eyeballs because we've got, <laughs> there's so many storylines going into this. Obviously, you've got Farker, you've got Leeds coming down from the Premier League and all the kind of drama they always seem to have around them. And this morning, or indeed yesterday, they've, they've only just gone out and signed a £10 million striker uh, from a fellow championship side, Joel Perrault. Um, where do you want to start with this one? Because I feel like this, yes, they've already played at Sunderland or a, a big side and they've won there. That was obviously a tough test. But for me, this feels like this is really, the, you know, top tier test of the mm. championship. Leeds United, with all their money, all their drama, all their history, coming to its which town yeah as i kind of touched on in in the preview bit that will be out tomorrow and in, in terms of the, the video that we did with the boot room mm. camber just doesn't agree with that i think that the internal conversations are yeah this is a bit of a benchmark test and i think that is also the expectation from the fans i think everyone's going to be really up for this one we know it's going to be a huge crowd if you thought that the, the Stoke game had a good atmosphere, I think this will probably be up at a level or two. Also, knowing that the numbers that Leeds travel with, they'll have 2,000 there tomorrow. And there's always that conversation about the Leeds fans and the atmosphere and the, the old joke Leeds would have brought more. So there's that side to it as well. And, and definitely the quality that they have on the pitch and, and the, the style of football that they like to play makes it really interesting. They have... I mean, a £35 million striker ahead of Joel Perrault already, uh, on top of already Patrick Bamford, who we know is injured. But there's there's so much depth and, and quality in this squad. We could see Willie Monto, who's been linked with Everton, was one of the kind of breakout stars of the Premier League in a, in a team that got relegated. Uh, you just look all over the pitch, and there are players that you could easily say, well, they could play mid-table Premier League football for sure, with a manager who, while a controversial figure, at uh, Ipswich, due to his uh, few successful years at uh, Norwich, mm. I, I, we know that he also brings an attractive style of attacking football. So add all that together, and it's a real, real challenge that there aren't that many of them in the league this year. I don't think they're quite the same as this Leeds one. You look at maybe the teams that have come down, and they're the ones that stand out, Southampton, Leicester. But it will be a huge challenge. And with the money that they've got, the players that they're looking to bring in, there's probably a little bit of a, a boosted mood in the away end as well, knowing the kind of recruitment that they're trying to push for in the last seven days of the window. It's really set up well. Yeah, Stewie. So, so Leeds haven't actually won a game yet. They've, I think they've drawn two and, and and lost one. Obviously, not the start they were they were hoping for. And there's been drama all over the shop. But it feels like with with Nonto kind of coming back into the fold this week, and obviously the signing of Perot, they might be starting to climb the curve a little bit. What? How are you feeling about this one? Because when I think about it, I think about that. Is it that Homer meme of him sitting at the table going, and he's sort of dribbling? It's just it's one of those. It's one of those, isn't it? It's just it's just it's just a brilliant, brilliant, exciting game. Yeah. The- the reason during these four years in League One, these are the sort of games that you you pined for and you missed out on. Um, compulsory to say, with with all respect to the likes of Fleetwood, Auckland, <laughs> Forest Green, Fleetwood, <laughs> etc. We yeah. want Ipswich Town versus Leeds United in front of near thirty thousand crowd and a, and a packed away end that will really sort of elevate the atmosphere, as you say. So you know, as an occasion, straight away it's exciting. Um, I felt better about Ipswich's prospects at the start of the week than I do sort of towards the mm. end of the week because, as you say, um, Nonto's been reintegrated after his transfer request and being put on the naughty step. Um, likewise, Sinistera as well. He, he, it sounds like he's kind of been brought back into the, the fold as well. So they had all manner of 
of an awkward summer with Daniel Farker where they were talking about these relegation clauses and players being allowed to go out on loan. A lot of their their team has kind of been loaned out to to various clubs across Europe. A couple of players have gone off to Roma. Uh, a few have gone to Germany. Jack Harrison's gone to Everton. So um, it's always difficult for for clubs, especially clubs the size and stature of Leeds, when when you fall through the trapdoor, getting all your housekeeping done and sorting all of that out. But Daniel Farker seems to have kind of carried it out with with good grace and professionalism, and they seem to be coming out the other side of of that now, mm. tying up a few loose ends, and and the signing of of Peru is. Um, is a really good one, isn't it? Um, 46 goals over the last two seasons for, for Swansea in all competitions. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who starts, whether whether he goes straight in, whether whether Nonto and Sinistera come come straight back in, how they're reintegrated, how the away fans react to to them for the first time. But um, yeah, just, just one to really be excited by, isn't it? Ipswich mm. in, in flying form, Leeds... Leads are leads. It's, it's going to be good. Leads are always leads. Um, we saw, in terms of a couple of weeks ago, Stoke City visit Alex Neal, formerly of, of Norfolk, got a, um, a torrid reception. Stewie, how much worse is it going to be for Farker, being as he's uh, more recently of Norwich and, uh, and and more successful, I guess, as Norwich boss? Yeah, my, my abiding memory of Daniel Farker is, is the wink that I'm still not 100% sure was a wink. I don't know whether it was the... Well, it was just a blink, and the camera kind of caught him, caught him side on. But it was the kind of reaction to, yeah, Paul Lambert's rather embarrassing antics on on that day. And sort of, yeah, the class. I was trying to explain it to Alex on the phone the other day. It was a, you know, when you're on a night out and someone's had a few, and the, Doug, hold me back, hold me back. <laughs> um, yeah, policeman getting involved, and the Sky Sports guy sort of uh, putting his arm across him. That wasn't, yeah. Wasn't wasn't a great moment for Ipswich Town. A great look, was it? But um, yeah, Dan, Daniel Farker sort of uh, that's kind of I associate with with that moment really in terms of the the derby battles with Norwich during that time. Yeah, God, bloody, hell, that feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? All of that with Lambert. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I loved it at the time, but looking back, yeah. Um, AJ, let's talk about town then. Uh, there's not really a lot, I guess, to say around town because we know that McKenna is going to stick pretty much religiously to the team that's that's doing it for him. But I guess there is a question here around right back. We know Genoise Nassin came off um, with a groin, a sore one in his groin in the first half last week. It'd be quite unusual for a player to come off injured to then come back and start the following week. So I'd imagine there's going to be a new man in place at right back. The obvious choice would be Harry Clark. You've got your uh, your mate Don Ball as well in the mix. And also, of course, we've got young Brandon Williams there. So should we have a little chat around that? I'd imagine yeah, it's going to be Clark, but what do you reckon? Mm. It's weird to think that there are four right-back options at the club that can realistically play there and probably do quite a good job. I mean, obviously, you look at maybe someone like Don Ball, where you might feel a bit more nervous as someone that really is playing out of position. But even in pre-season, he did really well there. So there are there's a lot of depth when you look at it in that kind of area, and that's exactly what McKenna wants. Um, that being said, I think dropping him in to face... Leads would probably be a little bit in at the deep end. Also, knowing the threats that they have in, in wide areas, if someone like Sinistera comes in on the left, for example, if he has decided that he wants to show up for this one, then that's going to be a, a real problem for whoever comes in. And then that's maybe where you, you really want Danassian in because he's so good in those one v one situations. 
So then you're looking at Brandon Williams. Yeah, the quality to definitely start this this kind of game and, and with his defensive attributes definitely would be one that you'd want. But knowing that he hasn't played a uh, a competitive game since December and he's only mm. really been involved kind of in and out in pre-season with, with trips to the US to play Dortmund and stuff like that, it again would be kind of in, in at the deep end for what would be his first championship match as well. I think that'd be quite a tricky one. So the obvious answer is Harry Clark, and he's someone that I know is pretty widely adored at Towns, the boyhood kind of supporter who's come back from a, a number of successful spells that he's had a way to, to come back to town and, and lead them, or at least be involved in the promotion campaign. I think my concern is that he, he did look, there was a, an element of rustiness in that QPR game. He obviously wasn't really prepared to come on at that point as well. I think it's worth pointing out. And he hasn't had much of a pre-season, so it's understandable. He does offer something else going forward, which I think is really important. And he, he does feel like the obvious candidate because he's the natural right back. He's the one that slots in really easily because he was there throughout the the promotion campaign last season so he's he's the one that i think mckenna should and will go with but there will probably be one or two concerns in that area going into the game hmm. yes yeah, i was trying to build peril there around that pick but it is more than likely going to be clark um how do you reckon harry clark oh you're on mute mate sorry sorry right. i think i think it will be brandon williams do you? I just, yeah, just because of the Achilles Ooh. situation with Harry Clark. I think when they're talking about really managing his workload, this isn't a knock on what Harry Clark brings to the team at all. It's just just centred around the injury. And if you've got a, a top-level option to play there instead, um, I think he might just chuck him straight in. He sounds like he's had a, had a good pre-season with, with Manchester United. Hasn't obviously played sort of competitive football for, for a little while. Um I think he only got one cameo appearance off the bench in, in the League Cup. But um, yeah, it's, it's only a guess, but I think he, he's the sort of character and McKenna will know him that they might want to just uh, just chuck him straight in from the off and, and not take any risks with Harry Clark. Do you want Harry Clark to go into this one fired up, one explosive sprint? I mean, he might be up against, you talked about Sinistera might come in, or he might be up against um, James, Daniel James on the left-hand side, who's one, one of the quickest around. Um, we saw Sinclair Armstrong sort of blazed past Clark and Wolfenden last weekend for QPR. Does he do that to a fully fit Harry Clark? I don't know. Um, that That's my thoughts around it. I'll be interested to see what, what Kieran McKenna has to say later on. I'm sure he'll keep his cards close to his chest, rightly so. That would be a spicy meatball if Williams comes straight in. Um, speak a little bit about Clark and, and the impact that signing someone like Williams will have on him, because we know... Stewie, that Clark is a, he again. He's a bit of a he's a fiery character, isn't he? Um, if he is picked to to play tomorrow, he'll be champing at the bit to to do something to impress, won't he? Yeah, two two passion merchants here, aren't they? They seem mm. to be cut cut from the same cloth. You hear Brandon Williams talking about loving a, a to get in a, a a big tackle to lift the crowd. We know Harry Clark's the same. Maybe they'll we'll get a double fist pump at the end. We'll we'll see them sort of. Uh, dovetailing on on fist pump duties at the end they do seem very sort of similar lively characters um passionate football players uh kira mckenna has obviously got a type he obviously likes uh, dynamic passionate football players and um yeah that's a bit of me as you know so i'm looking forward to seeing brandon williams that would be really really interesting if it is brandon williams trotting out there to start tomorrow aj there's no other real 
conversations to be had around the rest of the team, is there? Because we kind of know it pretty much picks itself. Mm. Yeah, um, McKenna likes to, to stick with teams that are winning formulas, basically. So there's not really that much else to say. I think that, again, one of the aspects that comes into the game, maybe looking a little bit away from the team, is the fact that it, is, it does feel like a different game again. Is mm. that the first three games, we've all said, well, the Sunderland one was a different test to what they're used to in League One. The Stoke one was then a switch from that more dominant performance where they, they didn't necessarily have much of the ball, but they created a lot of chances more than they did at Sunderland, for example. Then the QPR one, a really strange one where they were just really getting hurt on the counter quite a lot. So different challenges that come into these games. I think this one, again, is is a really different dynamic because they've got the home advantage. And in that kind of case, you're thinking, well, it should hopefully be a a performance where they have quite a bit of the ball and they're able to create chances and they get the crowd behind them. But when you then got a team like Leeds who don't usually allow you to do that too much, at least with kind of the quality that they have on paper, that then creates a bit of a, a different dynamic to it. So I think it's about exposing this kind of first choice 11, which is what McKenna will stick with, to lots of different tests and, and lots of different challenges that they by the time that they've played, you know, 10, 15 games, they've experienced a lot of what the championship's already about. There is a lot of varieties, a lot of different teams. Millwall, for example, are the polar opposites to what Leeds are. And you can have the same with, I don't know, Ipswich and Rotherham, for example. There's so much variety throughout the league. And if you've then got this kind of core of players that have experienced largely what the league has to offer, they're going to be so much better off going into the final few games. Right then, um, should we do predictions the way of finishing this off? It's been a nice little half hour um, special for you, uh, friends, because we want to get something to you before the uh, before the big game and obviously on the back of, of Brandon Williams signing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with you, Stewie, because me and AJ have already predicted. I don't know. This is obviously before they sign Perot, AJ, so I don't know if he's going to change your prediction. But, Stu, what, how are you feeling about this one? Who's, what's the score going to be and who's going to be the first scorer for our official KOA prediction okay. league? Um. I th- oh, I'm going to go with the Ipswich win. I'm going to keep yes. riding this wave of positivity and momentum because why not? Um, two one to Ipswich, and why are we laughing? That's happening. We've all, we've we've all, all, we've all predicted two one. Two, one. Have you? <laughs> two one. Okay. Um, I think Connor Chaplin is going to score in this game, but I don't think he'll be the first goal scorer. I'll go for Nathan Broadhead as the first goal scorer. As you can you see, got that as well. AJ's yeah. direction, that's exactly straight what through with my prediction. Yeah. Are you sticking with two one? Yeah, I, I just it makes sense, and I really wanted to push myself to go away from it, but it feels like a game that has goals in it, but maybe not just enough to go for something a little bit more kind of ballsy, like a three two or something like that. I, I just don't necessarily think it will be that kind of game, and with Broadhead as well, as we kind of touched on in the boot room, I just think that he is the one who's got the quality that's maybe a little bit ahead more than the rest of the the town squad, just in terms of what he can bring on the pitch going forward. And I think against this level of opposition, he's going to just thrive and he's going to love it. Hmm. Midfield's a really interesting battle in this one for me. They've got a very, a very young midfield, um, Ampadu, who they've obviously spent, I think, £7 million on to sign. Um, playing in midfield at the moment and Archie Gray, who's only 17. So um, Luongo and Morsi against those two could be a, a key battle where this game might be won and lost. And I do feel like pace might be um, 
a strength for Ipswich at some stage. This feels like it might be a Caden Jack. Caden Jackson might have his moment uh, off the bench in, in this game for me as well. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm looking forward to this. Really looking forward to it. How many yellow cards are going to be in this one? It feels like this might be a high card count sort of game. A lot of intensity, people flying into tackles. I'd say I'd say quite a few. I'm going um, six. six. Are we going to add this? Are we going to add this into our predictions league? No, no. We're going to do the first goal just... score, the right score. How many? So we need to see how many corners, how many yellow cards. <laughs> yeah, let's not like complicate things. Remember, remember, Ross is collating this. We don't want to. We want, we don't want it too complicated. So I'm going to say I'm also going to say two one. Um, and I also was going to say Broadhead, but I just to be contrary uh, and to make things interesting, I think I'll go with Chaplin. Um, having opened his account last weekend, we know he's a bit of a, a purple patch scorer. Um, so I'm going to say Chaplin. So we're all saying two one. The boys are saying Broadhead. I'm saying Chaplin. Right then, friends. Anything else to mention, boys, before we take our leave? Um, Rossi, of course, is currently at Legoland. I saw he posted something on Instagram yesterday of him on a little boat with um, his nephew. Never mind uh, the boats. Has he done the little car thing there? Somebody. Well, I think out. maybe. I don't know if you've ever been to Legoland. Um, it's unlocked a childhood memory for me. But you can go and basically learn to. You go. You drive around in these little sort of Lego cars, and uh, you're meant to adhere to. To traffic lights and stop signs and things and you, you get a little driving certificate at the end a little driving license so um let's see if he baby steps see if you can get one of those ross first if i know ross even in that scenario he'll be getting someone else to drive for him his nephew will be driving <laughs> 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 too much like hard work otherwise right then friends so uh, a short pod is in the books hopefully a, an, an exciting sexy one you will agree to ipswich town have made a signing he's exited the building and we've just built up to the biggest game of the season so far. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but it is definitely the biggest game of the season so far, Leeds United at Portman Road. All that's left then is to remind you to support our sponsors. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and uh, free delivery on all that excellent clobber. I know Peter, dear old Peter, our, our Warsaw correspondent, has just invested in some KOA clobber. So let us know you get on with that, Peter. And also support Ginger Pickle, Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle. All, all your digital marketing, Google, SEO, not CEO, SEO, Ranking needs, all that kind of stuff. Um, Tony Pickle and the boys at, at Ginger Pickle. Tony Pickle? Did I just say Tony Pickle? <laughs> you did. <laughs> Tony Pickle and the boys at Ginger Southgate are the ones to get involved with. <laughs> Friends, a very, very exciting game is on the horizon. The boys will all be there. Say hello if you see them. Uh, if you can't be there, follow it with us. But if you are going to be there, enjoy it. And we'll be back next week. I'm thinking, boys, that next week, the only pod we're going to be able to do is going to be on Thursday. Monday's a bank holiday. Tuesday... You're at Reading. Wednesday, you're probably both going to be off. I think Thursday is probably going to be the best day for a pod next week. So it may be a little bit of a break, friends. Blame the bank holiday. But we will be back with you next week to talk about Leeds, talk about Reading, and build up to Cardiff City the following weekend. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. And we'll speak to you again next time. <laughs>